0: I'm Craig Ryan. Welcome to B Corp Effect, BDC's interviews with B Corp entrepreneurs from across Canada. This series is about people who are an unusual hybrid of can-do resourceful entrepreneur and public-mindedness. They create companies that help create local prosperity, that help uh, promote environmental sustainability as they make money. Today's guests are Dexter and Byron Peart. And today we're going to talk about their new company called Goody. To start, though, hello. 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 <laughs> come. Thanks for having us. Ah, it's, a, it's great to have you guys. Before we get into your company, I'd like to talk about your decision 20, 25 years ago to create another company. Correct. Which you have subsequently sold. But I'd like to talk about what possessed two guys who I happen to know are the offspring of a scientist and a public servant from Ottawa to create... A company and not just go to law
1: school, like a good boy. Good boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it it was, I mean, we're 47 years old now. 46. And uh, 46. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're twins. And um, from a very young age, um, dad as an economist and mom as a microbiologist, um, somehow, as offspring, all four of their boys always had this creative intention okay. inside of them, and a certain sort of business acumen as well at the exact same time too and so as the as the young twins and the you know kid number three and kid number four, I think we just felt that we had an amazing sort of wind at our sails of two older brothers who believed in us, our parents who said you can do whatever you want. And it uh, gave us an opportunity and sort of set a path and, and lit a path for us um, where we really felt from a very early age that we really could do whatever we wanted to do. Um, all that being said, they still wanted us to go to university and we did. Um, but it, it, it was the beginning of carting a, a really interesting path for us, both professionally and personally. And
2: how old were you when you made that decision? So when we we had a number of businesses when we were younger, and in, in high school, I, I actually think that it was probably even in middle school that Dexter and I started a makeup company with uh, that we were selling to other kids in the school, which was basically a petroleum jelly mixed together with 7up. And we were packaging it and, sell it <laughs> and selling it in the playground.
0: Was it a hot seller?
2: It was a hot seller. And it was our first entrepreneurial um, ven- uh, venture, I guess I would say. Our parents, are. Uh, we traveled a lot when we were younger. Um, we were able to see a lot, a lot of the world. And that sparked a curiosity in us that would continues today. So when we, uh, to Dexter's point, when we went off... Uh, to study business and economics at Western. And then we came back, we wanted to live in Montreal, and we wanted to work in the fashion business. We've been passionate about design and style since we were very young. And and both of us started um, and got training working for, for well-known sportswear brands, Diesel Jeans and Energy and Miss 60 back in the late 90s. Um, and then in 2000, I had this opportunity to go to Sweden on a trip, and and it was our first time in Scandinavia, and it really lit up uh, our senses and interest in in timeless design, and uh, design that wasn't taken for granted. And at, at home, I think we we don't look and in some ways, to beauty as being an, like, an integral facet of our surroundings. And in, in Nordic countries, they tend to do that. And it, it sparked a, an interest and a business curiosity for us about bringing Scandinavian design aesthetic to North America. And that was where our, how our, our last business started. We um, met these wonderful designers that were coming out of Sweden and Denmark and imported them and brought them to North America. That was 20 years ago in in, uh, in 2000. Wonderful, yeah. and so that company, uh,
0: which many of our listeners will will know of, it's called Want les Essentiels de la Vie, yeah. which you've sold. Yeah. Now I have to say, um, the fashion industry or the sector is not one renowned for its operations by sustainable principles, in general. No, it's not. Is that your experience? And was that part of your motivation for creating the new different company?
2: Yeah. So the the, the what we had done, want les essentiels, the name come as as um Montrealers, uh bilingual Montrealers was Want les Essentiels. So desire and need and it was a play on that and and, and um maybe Discreet, but that was a conversation that we were having and about and which is interesting in the conversation of where we are today, which is still finding the balance between knowing that consumers have a have an inherent desirability and that has to be fulfilled. But at the same time, creating products that are essential and have a have a reason to exist. So that's been the Essentiels, which was an accessories brand made around creating products, bags, shoes and accessories that could be timeless and passed down for generations was the impetus for where we were going however, we were selling in a in a, a marketplace or in in a in an industry where speed um discounting is not only um it, it, it's something that's rewarded it's a eight collections a year Um, we were trying to make in our instance making bags that you would make and research and develop for two years and then have on the market for hopefully years to come and the buyers were looking for newness and newness and newness every season that's how we keep people consuming uh, almost like on a a treadmill of, of of consumption as well too so the it's by nature of the structure of the fashion business and having seasons um and and constantly driving that there has to be trend and, and newness put into the business. It's a strange bedfellow together with this sustainable thinking. And that's, that's so that's what we're we're analyzing so now. The
0: sensibility of those kinds of issues actually was probably stoked by your experience with the bulk of the sector uh, and yeah. helped motivate you to create your new company, yeah. which is not uh, just clothing and accessories. It's home accessories, mm-hmm. so objects to furnish and decorate
1: your home. Correct. Right? And the new company is called? Goody. Goody. Yeah. G O O D E E.
2: Correct. Absolutely <laughs>
1: correct. Yeah, and um, just going back to um, where you were before, Craig, um, what we saw as you know merchants, but also and business people and entrepreneurs, but just also as frankly citizens, was that with the advent of the internet being such a prevalent part of how our consumption behavior is done now today, or how we we buy and, 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 and sort of look at, at products and services, it just seems like there's this tremendous amount of choice that's out there. So whether it's a white t-shirt, that's now available at every price. It's be
0: a paralyzing degree of choice. A, a
1: paralyzing degree of choice. And so when we thought about that, we said, how can we engage with, uh, in a responsible way, but in a considerate way and in a respectful way with an audience to give them less choices, but better choices. Less but better. Less but better. And it's fascinating because as we've been going on that journey and building this company, we really think that the, that the future is going to be about uh, as, as a sort of a luxury proposition and also just as a proposition of saving time and making better choices is really going to be about who's selecting this. Can I trust them? Can I respect this company? What is this company all about? What does it really stand for? And that sort of was the impetus for why we built Goody was that as Um, sort of these design shepherds that are out there in the world who see great small companies and large companies that are doing fantastic things. And looking at design and product making through a more long-lasting approach... We said, what if we can organize all of these companies to be in one place? And ultimately, that's what Goody is. Goody's going to be a marketplace. Um, we're starting with home, and we're really in sort of this home and lifestyle space because when we think about how much time we might spend, you know, when we're looking or considering a coffee table we think it's longer than when you're looking for a white T-shirt. And so that's really, and and we're fascinated by design as a whole, and we sort of moved away from the language of fashion or the business of fashion, and we stretched that conversation that it can include fashion, but quite frankly, now it's really a conversation about design, and we're thinking about people that want to stay home more. Um, They're looking for a slower lifestyle. They're looking for a stronger connection. And so um, that's really what the company speaks to.
0: I see, I see. And so if I'm understanding you correctly, there seems to be a belief or a, a lesson that you've learned about conspicuous consumer consumption that is convincing you to create a business model that's different correct and i'm if I may when so, so. i when I hear your description of what you're creating, my mind goes to an example from the grocery store sector of Whole Foods, which in its day of course revolutionized the way people shop for groceries because You would enter the store, and they would be carefully chosen products. If they were local products, if they were Farmer Joe's apples, there was a photo of Farmer Joe and a photo of his family, and you knew that they were from his. And so a lot of consumers would prefer to buy Farmer Joe's apples rather than apples from some other country, which I'm sure are lovely, but is too far away. Um, Are you doing the same thing for the, the home accessories or furnishing sector? As Whole Foods did for the grocery sector.
2: Yeah, yeah We talk about them a lot. Yeah, and it's a ah. great, it's a great uh, comparison. Um, there's the trust piece, which I think is probably the most critical, is to create a trusted destination where people could come and they know that that edit and that curation has been done for you. Because it's so difficult. I don't think we could underestimate how uh, debilitating the the endless amount of choices that are uh, in the market. If, if you're it's, looking, it's debilitating. If it's
0: well, I can't find something
2: after the second store, I don't buy it for another year. And 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 it could be argued that that even consumption and discovery of products and stories should be an exciting and exhilarating uh, uh, experience, as opposed to one that. that whether, yeah. Exactly. So um, so what we really, I, I think that the the food. Um, When we're looking at at the farm-to-table movement or when we're looking at organic food, uh, Whole Foods is a great example because what they did – and it obviously started off very organically. It's a a 38-year-old company. But starting off with a complete discipline to not only making the selection but then also doing the research and the due diligence to make sure that the brands that they housed inside their store had met uh, with a certain amount of rigor uh, what what, what matched their values. I think the other piece with Whole Foods is that their values were always present, and it can't be underestimated that it's not just about a selection or a curation. It's really about being able to go to a destination, and in this case, when you're buying your groceries, but knowing the community uh, that farmed your groceries, knowing what the company stands for and what's important to them, and I think that that... Is something that, that caught on quite early in the food space, and we're hoping and, and, and anticipating that the consumers are really ready for that in, consumer, in the consumer goods and home space as well, too. Uh,
0: thank you. Now, by remarkable coincidence. By
2: remarkable. <laughs> Come on, let's do remarkable.
0: <laughs> I'm moving, and I have to furnish a new place. It's uh, moving from a regular house into a matchbox condo. So let's imagine me furnishing my home in a couple of months,
1: I go into your goodie store or I go online. Yeah. What will I see? Well, You're going to see a variety of selections and choices for almost every aspect of the things that are going to be the most important for you when you're making those decisions. So when you're thinking about the rug that you're going to place underneath your coffee table, mm-hmm. what is that rug going to say about you? What is the size of the rug? Where is that rug from? Is that a hand-spun rug? Um, which country did it come from? Who was it made by? And so that's a rug that you'll find... Um, on the site or in the stores. You'll find a coffee table that is not like the coffee table at your friend's place. You'll find, um, you know, dishware and glasses. You'll find towels. You'll find candles. You'll find, um, you know, personal care products for your bathroom. So really what we think is we are a sort of um, all-in solution for the things that say a lot about who you are. So I think when your friends come over... These things will project something about who Craig is and the choices choices that he's made. Because we are the sum of our choices. A hundred percent. It was funny. I was reading an article just the other day that says that the average person makes 35,000 choices a day. I mean, it's just staggering. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, imagine that now you're moving into a new condo and now you have to add all of these additional choices to those already 35,000 choices. Our job um, is to create the kind of destination where you can come and make better choices and keep these things for longer times and hopefully be educated at the exact same time that, you know, your carpet was, was made by um, two women in a village or that your rug was made, um, you know, or, or your, your glassware was made with uh, recycled glass from a company in Mexico. I see.
0: Now, I have to ask, will it be beautiful? I ask because I am one of those people who will look twice at an environmentally superior product, but I'm usually dismayed because in that sector, they seem to prize ugliness and utility over everything else. Mm -hmm. In the design world, my observation as a consumer is that it's often severe. Great for photos, not so comfortable to sit in. Will Goody be different? Will Goody correct what I would call the general errors of those sectors? If it's environmentally superior, it's ugly. And if it's designed, it's not made for humans.
1: Yeah, so when when we started the company, we had had three main goals. Uh We wanted Goody to be about stories about good people, really a, a human story about the people that were making the products that are going to be in Craig's place as much as the products themselves. And then the second part of that was that we really wanted it to be a design story, that these products were going to be a reflection on Craig and his design taste. And the third thing was, as a company, we also wanted to make sure that we were, we were sort of, had a company that, had, that was making and had impact. So knowing that that was what we were all about, uh, we had this great opportunity about nine months ago to design a hotel and to really ask ourselves the exact same question that you're asking right Someone now. Someone asked you to design a hotel? Someone yeah. asked, not only asked us to design a hotel. we did it? We did it, yeah. And, we, and well, it was a one-year project. It's a great hotel, 31 casitas in Belize. And we designed it through a goodie lens. And so we said, is it possible to make something beautiful, like a hotel that people are going to want to go to when they only have two weeks off and they're going to spend those two weeks somewhere. How do we build a beautiful hotel, a beautiful environment, a beautiful lifestyle, a beautiful experience that has both that design credibility but also has a sustainable credibility? And that was the first exercise that we've done, literally done, to, um, to show that it is very possible. It's my long-winded way of telling you um... that it's a very possible thing to have the beauty... And also have the functionality. What's the name of the hotel in Belize? The hotel's called Matichica. Matachica. Matichica. Yeah. Ah. In Ambergris Key.
0: And so that experience was probably not a baptism by fire, but a jump at the deep end of yes. exactly what you're creating. Except for a hotel.
2: Is that right? Yeah, absolutely right. And I think fun? it was so much fun. I think Dexter and I... Um, are constantly challenged to do things we haven't done before as well, too. So you were asking before about Goody versus where we're coming from and being in the fashion space and then entering into home and interiors. It's related, but it is a different step for us. And and I think that the approach of designing a hotel for a dip for an owner as opposed to uh, renovating a store or our own homes was a step, but it was was very um, humbling, uh, extremely fun. And we had, and we did, I I think we did a very good job with it as well, too. (laughs) Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: Now, I know you also run around a lot um, attending meetings and meeting people under the uh, rubric of the United Nations. Mm. And um, my understanding is that the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals Mm. are a source of inspiration or aspiration for you. For those of our listeners who aren't familiar with them, the... Uh, Sustainable Development Goals um, is a list of very precise goals agreed to by the international community through the United Nations that is uh, very specific, uh, water for all, Mm -hmm. education for all children. Um, In the social entrepreneurship world, you'll often hear them referenced. And while I see how they're great aspirational goals, I find it tough to get my head around operationalizing them. Mm -hmm. So could you talk a little about their use or their usefulness to you
2: yeah I, I i'd say well first of all and the the it's a perfect representation of the goals and they are with a mandate for 2030 for the year 2030 to be achieved as well too so there is a in the, 11 it, years in 11 years so the, yeah the clock and, is counting. and counting and <laughs> counting so I, I i think that the first thing is they are broad it, it's 17 goals and you and, and you touched on them accurately and that could be from zero waste and women empowerment um the one that is is Closely um, related to goody is responsible consumption and production. So I think it makes sense when Dexter and I, um, it's gold number 12, that's where our area of focus will be. But we are really trying to celebrate because it's a mandate, it's broad, but the broadness allows pretty much anyone. There's not very many reasons that you could deny that this is not a global. Reach that we should all be trying to achieve. Dexter actually bought um, when we were at the UN for an event. He bought this small book that it's available for kids, and he reads the global goals to his children at night. And they they've taken a a strong response to it and recognize that it's a mandate that uh, that gives us a common thread where everyone could, in in some ways, unify Um, behind. Or we could look upon them as sort of. Your choice of 17
0: North Stars. Yeah, to, correct. To guide your yeah. decisions. Yeah. How wonderful that your girls are learning about that at that age. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, um, so if I were to go to your store and buy a lamp, mm-hmm. your business will have attracted the kind of consumer that you think is out there and numerous. Mm-hmm. And when I buy the lamp, what I'll know is that, ah, it was made by a specific group or person in a specific place, and it has a beauty that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I want. Have I just captured your
1: business model? You did. Okay. You yeah. want to be a business partner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. That's funny.
2: Yeah, you captured it correctly. And and that could be. And just to, from Dexter was uh, identifying some of the product categories that that will be that are available on Goody. Um, but that could be something that was crafted by an artisan in a far flung place. It could be. Um, a a design item that was um, that has innovation that was created by a young student coming out of a graduation um, class and is looking at sustainability in 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 progressive ways and it could also be a product that you that lamp might be from a very well established company um, that's making lighting but has has at the sheer base of who they are and their foundation that um, doing good and having a common purpose and how it's produced and how that lighting will live with the user and then have a life afterwards. It'll be the gamut of all. So it's exciting for us because Goody is not really monolithic in that it's only about artisan craft. It will be about products from a a variety of ranges and categories by uh, numerous types of makers as well too that are thinking in a common way.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, you, you two clearly know how to run a business. You've done – this is not your first rodeo. Uh, but I'm intrigued by your decision or your choice to pursue certification as a certified beneficial corporation or a B Corp. Um, how is that going and uh, why was it the one that turned your head?
2: Uh, I it, it was I would say that we spent quite a bit of time no lie at the, at early on thinking about how we wanted to incorporate the company and and uh, and looked at many different options as well too we know uh, some brands that were B Corp, and we looked at it, and it just felt like the natural fit. Uh, we took a bold step and, and reached out when it was just an ideation stage to the team at B Labs, and told them what we had in mind, and and they were thrilled and excited and encouraged us, and gave us also um, the not only the will but also opportunities to pursue of how we could do that. And uh, and we're super excited that at launch we we are a B Corp uh, pending company because so you have to go through one year of uh, of, uh, to get the certification. But at launch, they've been wonderfully supportive. And then we look at the types of brands that we not only admire, but that we've seen um, are doing great work, whether that be uh, Patagonia, um, West Elm. Uh, th- th- we think that that's a great community to also be on board with together. I
0: it's interesting. I'm struck by your use of the word community. Um, and it sounds like your decision to certify was one based on your
2: recognition that you had a tribe. Yeah, yeah, and, and to promote that tribe because ultimately Goody is 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 a destination for to Dexter, where Dexter said before uh, good people that are doing good things and and what better tribe to not only be aligned with but also to celebrate and, and, and in certain cases that's the uh, one of the first resources that we're looking at when we're looking at brands to include on the on the, on the platform as well. So you're hunting for... We've already, we're already not only hunting. At <laughs> launch, uh, there will be, there, 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 are, um, there, are, there are some B Corp partners that are... Got ready? Be, yeah, we're ready. We're ready.
0: And wonderful. So when I think about your f- previous company, which was a high-end uh, fashion company, and this one, it seems to me that you've left a tribe, joined a tribe that feels more at home, perhaps. And that Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well done. <laughs> smooth, that's smooth. <laughs> And that this tribe has a different definition of luxury.
1: Correct, yeah. I think we, um, if I go all the way back to your original question, Craig, some of the frustrations that we had was with how the old model, um, sort of the archaic model of what this luxury um, vocabulary was all about this idea that something was luxurious solely because of its price or solely because of its exclusivity. And what we recognize um, in our sort of last years at WANT, but even more so in this discovery time, um, you know, pre-launch and now after launching Goody, is that we see luxury in a very different way. And we've now said that maybe the math of price and exclusivity is not how you equal (laughs) luxury. Maybe it's about design. And maybe it's about purpose. And so we've really built this company around a company that gets up out of bed every single day and hunts for um, stories, tribes, people, and products that are about design, but also about purpose. And so we think that's the new luxury position. We think that people are really going to be looking when they're making their choices, and they're going to say, how well was this design? How well was it made? Who who was it made by? And they're also going to say, what is the impact of this purchase that I'm about to make? And I, th- I would say that if you're not really looking at your business through that lens, you're probably not really having an, uh, an interesting conversation by our opinion anyway. So, I see. Yeah.
0: Well, you don't have your finger on the same zeitgeist. No. Tell me now, uh, if you're like most entrepreneurs,
1: you are not purists. Not even no. close. You. My brothers are perfectionists, but we're not purists. <laughs> <laughs> Those are different things. <laughs> they are definitely different things.
0: What is hard in what you do? What's in the in the hunting and the choosing, um, in the balancing? I, I, is there anything that's difficult? I in think this business model for you.
2: I think the most difficult is the discipline, and uh, and it comes a little bit natural to us. But it's, it is very, very important that not only the trust that we're building and, and, and hopefully earning together with, uh, with our audience, or our consumers, our users, whatever that might be, is to ensure that, through, that we remain consistent and vigilant about the rigor that we're putting into not only how we're, um, the products that we're selecting or how we're measuring the stories that we're telling, but it's having that, dis, that really strong discipline that that goody lens is, is quite precise um, it's an opportunity as much as it's a challenge, but it's. Uh, it, I think that that's that's a, a main thing. I don't know if you have something to add. Dick.
1: Yeah, I think what's hard is the is what BDC is doing right now with B Corp. I think there is no context for how the future is going to look. Um, this. We're all moving this new zeitgeist or this new tribe is moving into new territory. And we don't know exactly what it looks like right now. We don't know how to no. clearly define sustainability. We don't know how to clearly define impact, but we know we want it. We're all getting up in the morning and I'd like to think we're all looking for a little bit more purpose. We're all looking to make better choices. These are, we all think that life underwater and life on land is important, but how do we get there? And I think our role um, as entrepreneurs, but even more so as citizens, is to just be active in that with everyone else and try to lead the way forward so that it becomes clearer to people how they can make better choices. It becomes clearer to them what... A country or a tribe or citizens can do to make small changes that are going to actually have a big lasting effect for future generations. So,
0: and Goody would make it easier for people to live their values.
1: That's exactly correct.
0: Because I don't have to content myself with what I can find anywhere. I can go to your store and choose, hopefully, blessedly, few, amongst fewer things, <laughs> but things that are chosen and curated with a kind of consumer like me in mind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And a sense of discovery, which is so important to us. I mean, the, the, in some ways, the uh, the convenience of things now, we could just scroll through our phones and get endless con- uh, content. There is um, an, an element of anticipation and discovery that's been lost along the way. And we're really, really excited to tell positive, uh, human-centric stories and, and present um the great work that they, as you mentioned before some of the b corp companies are doing but also artisans from around the world and we cannot dexter talked about two weeks vacation and not everyone has even that luxury um and, and hopefully we're also able to take people on a journey together with us as well too what fun <laughs> what fun <laughs> come along for the ride <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much it's, it's a real pleasure it's a here. pleasure for us <laughs> thanks for having us
0: Today we talked about uh, a new company, a new B Corp called Goody, uh, created and run by two strikingly similar looking brothers, twins <laughs> Dexter and Brian, Byron Peart. And um, I would invite you to visit their website, visit their stores. Goodyworld.com. Goodyworld.com. <laughs> as well as enjoy some of our other video podcasts with B Corp, other B Corp into, uh, entrepreneurs from across Canada on our website at bdc.ca. Thank you all. Thank Thank you so much.